to introduce our hostess and first lady of Family Life Center, Sister Rosie Hernandez. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I thank God for this privilege of being before you. Thank God for the ladies that are here, the visiting ladies, pastors, wives, and everyone that has taken time to be here. I thank God for the apostolic message. I think that uh, today we're here because uh, of the heritage that we have. We want to leave a legacy to our children, to our grandchildren, and that's why what we are doing here today. And, and the conference is called uh, The Mantle. And uh, I've chosen to speak on the family. The family is so important. It's a, it's a basic unit. And, and what I'm going to be talking to you about is so basic. Just going back like to the ABCs. But we're going to hear it because I feel that we don't hear it enough. Amen? We hear what the world has to say. We hear the world. They're proclaiming whatever they have to proclaim. Abortions and, and things that they have gay marriages and all these things. They proclaim it unashamedly. And to this nucleus of women that are here today, I want to tell you how important you are. How important your role is as a mother. Amen. So the society that we know of is being, is not what God intended it to be. And if we apostolic women of today do not take or start to take our role seriously, we're going to continue to spiral downhill. We've got to let our light shine. We are the light of the world. Amen. And if our light is not lit up on a on a hill, wherewith will the darkness be lit? Amen? It's not going to happen. We are the light of the world. We've got to change our lax attitudes about living for God. You know, we see uh, the desperate housewife. And, and we allow them to proclaim to us what we should be. Many women, apostolic women, have left God, and because they're in search of pleasures, more than seeking God, they're seeking pleasures. And uh, we must make a change in the way that we live for God. Our attitudes must change. Amen? If we want strong families, we're going to have to make them strong. Strong and healthy families have in common a shared core of religious beliefs. Spiritual beliefs or lack of them will influence every area of our family life. The way you reach out to and treat others. The way you handle conflict and anger. The way you practice forgiveness. All these virtues that we should have and be reflecting to our families and children. This is what we need. Now your religious beliefs will contribute to your family's sense of identity. It will create a sense of belonging and assist in character development. 
I believe a healthy self-concept is only possible in a person who genuinely feels loved and accepted as a child of God. Knowing we are loved by someone so wonderful as God makes it easier to believe that we are worthy of love. And are we not all hungering and wanting to feel worthy of love? What is the complaint of the woman? I, 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 nobody loves me. I'm not worthy to be loved. But you know, there's a God up in heaven that loves us. Amen. And if we will reach out and take what God has offered us, we're going to know. We're going to have a self-concept of self-confidence. Amen. So we have a reason for our existence, something to make all our labors worthwhile, as well as peace about life after death. We have all of this because we have God. Amen. Our family's spiritual beliefs are a part of our daily interaction as well as our social life. Prayer before meals and prayer about family problems and concerns. Weekly church services and a nurturing support system of fellow believers for our children. All these provide a healthy atmosphere for our family. Is it, isn't that what we want? As a grandparent, as a great-grandparent, this is what I want to leave. This is the heritage that I want to leave. When I leave this world and I depart and I fly away to be with God, I want to know, rest assured, that my children are living or are a part of an apostolic church that will nurture them, that will pray for them, that will help them get through their problems. Amen? That is the heritage that I want to leave my children. Gloria Copeland said this, God planned a family. Since before any of us were born, God planned for us to share our lives with each other. We knew, he knew exactly how our strengths and weaknesses would balance one another and the depths of love, understanding, and commitment we would learn to feel. He knew the richness of our separate characters. He knew the richness of our separate characters would be developed through hard times and that mutual trust and respect would be born as a result of overcoming the trials and the tribulations. He knew that we would laugh together and cry together. He knew that we needed each other to hug, to help, to teach, and to serve and to love. This is what she said about a family. We need each other. Amen. Now, the foundation of the home is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that <clears throat> by wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established, and by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Foundation in the Hebrew word or verb means to lay a foundation, to establish, or to found. The underlying meaning is to fix firmly, to be secure. Yasad indicates an immovable base on which a solid structure can be erected. That's what we want our homes to be. Now, Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. 
From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And once again, Proverbs 24, 3-4 says, By wisdom is a house built, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. King Solomon is not referring to the material things such as drapes, carpets, cars, and furniture. He's not referring to that. He's referring to the atmosphere of the home. A house is not necessarily a home. And how many times have we seen this over and over again? People that are left with nothing but a a wooden frame because there's nobody in it. Amen? Many men and women have worked two jobs in order to provide material needs only to find themselves left with an expensive home. Parents are never home. Children are neglected. The walls of our house are not built with, of wood, brick, or stone, but of truth and loyalty. Amen? We must love one another. We must be there for our children. If half the time and energy spent on working to build, to buy material things were put into showing genuine interest and caring for the other members of the family, the results would be astounding. Amen? The Bible says to be content with what we have. It is not simply that something is in sufficient supply but it is that we have an attitude that lets us be satisfied with whatsoever is available. And so many times my husband tells me, you don't need a new dress. You don't need this. You don't need that. You don't need more furniture. And I'll fight him tooth and toenail. Yes, I need a new dress. Yes, I need a new piece of furniture. Yes, I need this. But all the while in my soul, I know I don't need it. I must be content with what we have. Amen? So Jesus, our example, our prime example, he was born in a manger. Didn't have a place to lay his head. Didn't have the finest education. Yet he was the greatest man that ever lived. That's our Jesus. He's the king of kings and lord of lords, and he was willing to leave heaven to come down into a miserable, rotting world and to become our sacrifice. Amen? So the word built, established, and filled are words that suggest action, progress, and change. Built means to restore. Established means to set in order or to place in an erect and upright position something that is falling or twisted. And then also filled means overflowing, includes fulfillment and abundant satisfaction. The rooms of our home will be filled with such things as positive attitudes, good relationships, pleasant memories, mutual respect, and depth of character. Isn't that what we want? We hear over and over and over again in the news, we see murders. We see abuse. We see people uh, living in squalor. Uh, they have homes, but they're so messed up and filled with trash that you can't even live inside of it. We don't want that. We want our homes to have positive attitudes, 
good relationships, pleasant memories, where our children, when they're gone on and, and they're living lives of their own, that they will remember that the way we brought them up with the apostolic way, with love and nurturing and caring, because we do care for them. Things that cannot be destroyed, even though your home may be burnt or broken down by an earthquake, because you cannot burn memories or destroy characters and attitudes. Amen. And the Bible says that by wisdom is a house built. Wisdom, seen with discernment, the ability to sense that which is beneath the surface. And by understanding, and it is established. Understanding means responding to insight. As you view something with discernment, that means from God's perspective, not from the world's perspective. You don't take it personally or feel the need to fight back. You raise your children from God's perspective. The Bible or the, the world today says that they're going to make it a law not to be able to spank your children, not to discipline them. But what does God say? It says, spare not the rod. Who are we going to obey? The law of the, the world or are we going to obey God? Amen. Knowledge means learning with perception, having a teachable spirit, a willingness to hear, a desire to discover. Only the Lord can give you the skill and ability. You cannot do it on your own. God is the foundation of our home. If we don't have God, the Bible says it's in vain. They labor in vain. How many homes have we seen destroyed because the parents were not in agreement and little by little their, their, their marriage dissolved and they became divorced because there was no more love, nothing but bickering. And that's the way the children were brought up. So only the Lord can give you skill and wisdom and stickability. We've been married 47 years, going on 48 years, and I'm telling you, it's work. The longer you're married, the grouchier you get. <laughs> you get grouchy. You don't agree. The woman that at one time was submissive now speaks her mind. <laughs> to the dismay of her husband. But she says, she is still submissive. Okay, in Psalms 127.1, it says, except the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain that built it. This psalm reminds us that while human effort is important, we need to place our confidence in God. Rosie Greer was an ex-football player, and uh, uh, he turned Christian. And he said, to build a family on love, on the love of God, is the greatest thing any man can do. And we truly believe that today. And um, I, I've seen this poem. I've seen this poem many times, and, and I've read it in different places. But I'm going to say it again. I'm going to read it to you. And it is so very important. It says, I'd rather see your sister. says, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me that, than merely show the way. 
the eyes a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but examples always clear. The best of all the preachers are the men who live their lives, their creeds. For to see the good in action is what everybody needs. I soon learn how to do it if you'll let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lectures you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. For I may understand you and the high advice you give, but there's no understanding how you act and how you live. Amen? Is that so true that children want to see sermons in action, want to see us living for God? So God provided us with a relationship with Jesus Christ. He provided us with scriptures, the church, reason, conscience, and the Holy Ghost to guide us in raising our children and instilling in them moral values. How we lack in this way. We tell them to go to church and don't do as we do, but do as we say. Isn't that the truth? And many times our children will, uh, they will see the hypocrisy in us. Amen? They'll see it. Can you say amen? They'll see it. They're going to see it. They're going to see the hypocrisy in us. So we have the great job of instilling moral values. And, and I was listening to Stephanie's testimony and how she was raised in the church, and yet she got off on the side. But yet, some way deep in her heart, instilled in here was the fact she knew it was wrong. She knew what she was doing was wrong, even though her flesh overtook her. But yet the Bible says, teach, teach a, a child the way that he should go, and he will not, not depart from it. Although your children may, may go off into the world, but they know that there's no place like the church of God, and there's no place like the truth of God. Amen. So the family... God designed families in which to grow, experience loving relationships, learn values, and see through parental example how these values work. Once again, they want to see a sermon. They don't, they don't want you to tell them what to do. They want to see you living the life that you should live. You can't tell your children to pray and you don't pray. Uh, pastor's wives, you can tell them to trust in God and you don't trust in God and you break down when there's a trial and there's a tribulation. So God designs families to raise children, to provide each person with opportunities for development, individual development, to teach moral values, to teach them the principles of right and wrong. Children need a home and parents in that home they don't need the parents working two jobs away from home and leaving them as latchkey kids. They are to receive shelter and nurturing. They are to be loved, taken care of, and trained. That means that we're not supposed to be out looking for our own pleasures. 
I know of a, a, of a mother that once her children were big, she says, you know what? Uh, I've taught you. I've raised you. I, I've, I've fed you. I've clothed you. Now go out. Do your own. I don't want you in my home anymore because they thought their job was finished. But that's not what the Bible teaches. From their parents, they learn about real love by seeing love expressed day by day by their parents between each other. They see love. They see kissing. They see nurturing. They see hugging and kisses, and they partake of this. And then they believe that's the kind of woman or man that I want to marry, somebody that's been brought up in the faith that knows how to love is not going to be out there doing bad things, living for God one day and backsliding another. This type of love is the basis of God's, it is the basis for understanding God's love in sending his son to die for our sins. God's love is not selfish, but willing to die for the benefit of others. The best thing that a man can do for his children is to love his mother. Amen? The family is God's way of instilling in the children the principles of justice and responsibility. Genesis 18, 19 says, For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. God was speaking of Abraham when he said this scripture. And parents are to deal justly and patiently with their children, Ephesians 6, 4. Parents are to illustrate responsibility and good leadership by accepting their God-given roles. By their God-given roles, we're talking about the husband is the head of the home, the wife is the delegate third a delegated authority within the home, and the children are to obey their parents. Amen? So they, they are to see good leadership by accepting their God-given roles. Husbands, head of the wife and home, he is responsible for all the decisions of the home. When a man accepts his role and responsibility, it teaches children submission to authority. We're living in a lawless generation where people do not respect authorities. They're killing cops on the streets. They're doing this. There is no respect for authority. And so the wives, the wives have a delegated authority, a supporting role, a helpmate. If a wife is not submissive to her husband, her children will lose respect for their father and will not respect the law. A child will not remember whether he felt the security of his parents in agreement or not. Uh, excuse me, let me read that again. A child will remember whether he felt the security of his parents in agreement or not. A child who has experienced division between his parents will have problems with self-discipline and will not respect authority. The result of parental unity will result in self-confidence and self-discipline within the child. Now, do we wonder where good kids come from? Do we wonder where, where uh, disciplined children come from? 
Do we wonder where rebellious children come from? Do we, rem or do, do we realize where, oh, what is happening, the dynamics that are going on within the home that you live in day by day by day? Is it not a wonder that our children are leaving the apostolic homes and saying, nature because they've never seen it as an example. They've never seen it at home. All they see is division and strife. Husbands or the children are to yield to parental authority. Marriage is God's way of teaching about himself. He is as portrayed as a loving father. Psalm 103.13 says, like as a father pitieth them that fear him. And God's love as tender as a mother's love. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? God's relationship with us is a personal and intimate as that of a husband and a wife. Intimate means being in a personal terms with or being familiar with. That is the importance of our family. Amen. That is how important you are. As you leave this place after the three, two or three days that you are here, go home and think about what you've heard and what you've learned and put it to action. If there's strife, if there's division, if there's anger and all these dynamic emotions going on, reverse it. God is the foundation of the home. Without God, even our apostolic homes wouldn't survive. Amen. God bless.